0: Welcome to My IELTS Classroom, the podcast where two ex-examiners talk all things IELTS. I'm Shelley Cornick.
1: And I'm Nick Long.
0: And today we are looking at six recent IELTS essay questions. How can you handle questions that ask you to talk about nature versus nurture? How can you handle questions that ask you to discuss gender? That's a dangerous one. And what are some of the new topics that IELTS have introduced in 2021? Good afternoon, Nick. Good afternoon,
1: (laughs) welcome to the afternoon world. (laughs) How are you? I'm not too bad. I had a very quiet weekend and have... I've got a very busy week coming up. Why? New groups, new
0: students. Of, of course, it's mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. So it's like the new educational year for us up in Europe, isn't it? It is, yeah. Have you got many? Um,
1: I've got a big group starting this week, starting today. And mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of new individual students as well.
0: Very good. Yeah, I th- I've noticed a definite up, uh, sort of like increase in the numbers this month who've started to study compared to last month. Mm -hmm. Um, I think August, everyone is just like, (sighs) (laughs) it's like, take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are new to the IELTS world, or if if you're sort of at that stage where you think, okay, it's time for me to take my IELTS preparation seriously, then I think it would be a fantastic time to consider signing up to one of our courses. Of course, you are welcome to listen to all of our back catalogue of podcast episodes. I don't know how many that is now, Nick. We must be near.
1: We're over 70, I think.
0: Over 70. Mm-hmm. So that's at least 70 hours of free podcast uh iot's material for you. We've also got dozens of lessons on our blog, but there's no real substitution, I don't think, for studying like a full course with us. Definitely. Not. So, you know, if that's something you're interested in, I would say check out maybe to start with our bronze writing package. You may think because it's called the bronze writing package, it only focuses on writing. You would be wrong because I am bad at marketing. (laughs) (laughs) The bronze writing package is just £34.99 a month. And for that, you will get access to all of our IELTS writing library. So that is you know, way over 45 hours of lessons. More importantly, they are structured courses that will take you from, you know, knowing nothing about essays or reports or letters right through every stage to the end, to knowing how to organize them, the language you need, to make sure you satisfy the band descriptors. It's got everything, right? Plus you get access to all of the downloadable practice activities. So that's another 450 pages. Mm -hmm. And... The reason why it's not just for writing is back in, it's almost a year now, in October last year. Yeah. Crikey, a year, Nick. um, We introduced daily live lessons. So as well as Mm -hmm. all of that video content, you can now join Nick, myself, or our other lovely teacher, Juliet, in a 60-minute Zoom lesson. There's at least one a day, Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. On some days, there's two. And in each lesson, we look at one aspect of either, as I said, reading, listening, or speaking. So what are some of the things you're teaching this week, Nick? Can you remember? Um, So tomorrow
1: we've got fluency class, which is just practice speaking. Yeah, with some feedback. Yeah, with a little bit of feedback, you get um, 20 minutes to do part one, part two, part three, practice questions with different partners each time, and I go between the rooms and give a bit of feedback. Brilliant. On Wednesday... We've got general reading. So if you're not doing the academic course, we'll be looking at one aspect of general reading. For example, yeah. true, false, not given questions. It is or, true, false, not is given. Is it this it week? It is it's this true, week. false, not yeah. Yeah. It's
0: true, false, not given just in sections one and two because mm-hmm. we've got separate lessons for the first mm-hmm. two sections. That is what it is. Yeah. And then you normally have a second speaking lesson on Thursday, don't Thursday,
1: you? Thursday. Yeah. Usually. I think this week we're looking at part one.
0: Yes. I think
1: we're looking at complex, using complex grammar in part one, how to do it well.
0: Exactly. So they're just the three lessons that Nick's doing this week. I'm Mm -hmm. actually doing three lessons this week. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the two early ones. So I think I'm doing an... A speaking lesson as well on Wednesday about um, talking about difficult topics in part three. Mm -hmm. I've got a listening lesson on Friday morning, which I think is about the lecture, part four. And then I've got another academic reading lesson. Oh, no, I'm doing a writing lesson Mm -hmm. about a grammar review on Friday morning. Mm -hmm. And in the afternoon, I'm doing the listening lesson. So... The timetables change every week, right? Like, So, you know, some weeks the times may suit you. You may be able to get to three or four lessons. Maybe sometimes, you know, the time difference won't work as well. We try to mix it to give students, the, you know, as many students as possible the chance to come. But you can get all of that for 31 days for just £34.99. It is literally less than... It probably works out at about 25 pence a lesson if you look at all Mm -hmm. of the things which are included in the pack. So I think September is a great time. I I think that people have got that new year energy. Mm -hmm. So you can take that energy and use it. That's just... The introduction pack, if you're interested in having more personal help, we've got packs that include marking, packs that include one-to-one lessons, we climb up from there. But I always say start, you know, if if you're not sure, start with the bronze package, it will give you a chance to understand what it's like to be part of our school, Mm -hmm. um, and then you can move on from there. Okay, so today, as I said, we're going to be looking at six recent essay questions. This is something we do... Every six months, maybe? Every three or four months?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of times a year, at least.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've done... We've not done it for a while, though. No, because I know that the last time I updated my blog post Mm. with recent IELTS essay questions was in January. January. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was supposed to do it every month. So part of the reason I've chosen this topic today is I need a reason to make sure I finally update that blog post so it should be done by the time this episode is released tomorrow so we're going to look at six recent IELTS essay questions in that blog post you will find 50 25 academic 25 general training so Mm -hmm. if you're looking for high quality material like always these are not word for word the questions from the exam they can't be can they All I am doing is taking, you know, students come out of the test. They tell me what their essay question was. And then I try to use my experience as an exam writer to make the question look as close as I think is possible to an original IELTS question. Mm -hmm. The thing you've got to be so careful about is there are so many places online which offer, you know, recent questions. But those questions are not edited. Mm -hmm. And what's the problem, Nick? You know, sometimes students send us questions, you know, essays they've written based on a question from the internet. What can the problem be there?
1: Sometimes the question's not clear at all. Like, it's not clear to us what the question is asking the student to do. So we can't really no. mark it properly.
0: It's impossible. Sometimes yeah. the topic's not clear, is it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes students will send us a question that has got, you know, the instruction, dis- discuss both sides and give your own opinion. Mm-hmm. But in the question, there's only one side. Yeah. And this happened relatively recently with a high-level student. How can you discuss both sides if you've only been given one side Mm -hmm. in the question? We don't mark those. When a student sends it to me, I have to send... I I hate saying it, but I have to say, I'm really sorry, but it's a waste of my time and your money for me to mark this question Mm -hmm. because it is just not clear enough what you are being asked to write about in this essay. Mm -hmm. And if you're practicing with low-quality questions...
1: You're going to give low quality answers.
0: (laughs) A hundred percent. You're not giving yourself the best chance to improve, right? Mm -hmm. So always, always start your preparation with the Cambridge books. Yep. I am a qualified exam writer, right? But even I cannot compare to those Cambridge books because those questions have been tested and pre-tested and pre-tested with hundreds of students to make sure, and I am not joking, every single word Mm -hmm. is correct and in the right place we can't do that with the questions that we're looking at today right but i still think it can be very valuable for students to have a look at the types of questions that have come up recently because some of them actually repeat Mm -hmm. particularly now that we've got the computer-based test so there's you know quite a large recycling happening Mm -hmm. um, with those questions and also ielts does introduce new topics so you want to make sure that, you know, even if the question is slightly different in the exam, you're not faced with a topic you have never thought about before because that puts a lot of pressure on your ideas generation. It really does, yeah. makes yeah. it much trickier. Yeah, exactly. So that's just, I always say that it's like a content warning at the <laughs> beginning um, of each of these episodes. I would say use these as just a tool to look at the topics and just to think how you would approach them, but if you're going to submit marking either to us or to another IELTS teacher, always use the Cambridge books because then you can be 100% sure the questions work, and then the only worry, <laughs> just a small worry, is your essay. Um, so what I've done there, I've chosen six questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, in the past, we've looked at kind of like patterns of questions. Like we've noticed recently, you know, IELTS have been using a lot of more two-part questions, for example. Yeah, they
1: have. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but for today, what I did was I tried to take some questions which I thought were either new topics, so things that I'd never seen before,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or were types of questions that repeat quite often that I feel students do badly in. Okay. So we can then look at maybe how we can approach those types of questions. And they're the type of questions that we're going to start with. So do you want to read? I think this is an academic question.
1: Some people think that criminal behavior has genetic causes. Mm -hmm. Others argue that it's circumstances that lead people to commit a crime. Discuss both views and give your
0: opinion. Right. So I have chosen this question Because it is a question which is, as I said in the introduction, I guess it is a nature versus nurture question, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? They're asking us what causes criminal behavior? Is it genetic
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or is it circumstances, which I guess is environment? Now, I've never seen this question or that sort of nature nurture with crime before. Mm -hmm. Usually, can you think of the topic they usually use this with or other topics, you know, is it genetics or is it experience or training?
1: I can't remember. Is it, is it something like creativity, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly that. They often use this exact same template of a mm-hmm. question, but it's normally, you know, some people think that people are born That's with it. the ability yeah. to be, like you said, Nick, to be creative mm-hmm. or maybe to create art. Also sports.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Others feel that it could be learned. That's the reason I've chosen this, because I would say, I think, It can be quite tricky for students to answer this type of question. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time we want to probably say it's both. Mm. But as anybody who's taken our course already knows, you can, you are very welcome. There are no rules in IELTS. You can definitely say that it's a combination of both factors. Mm -hmm. But to do that, you would have to write a balanced approach essay. Which is much more difficult. Which is much more difficult because you would have to have three body paragraphs, Mm -hmm. right? You'd have to have the first paragraph for people who think it's only genetics, Mm -hmm. a paragraph for people who think it's only circumstances, Mm -hmm. and then a paragraph for you who doesn't think it's only, but it's a combination. Yep. I personally would say, don't do that. It's too complicated. You're Mm -hmm. very, very likely to make a mistake.
1: Especially if you just need a seven
0: exactly Mm -hmm. exactly you know why (laughs) you're not in the olympics let's put it like this right you're just at your local sports center trying to do a basic essay Mm -hmm. really so i would say most of the time for these essays the circumstances or the environment paragraph Mm -hmm. is a lot easier to write than the genetic paragraph
1: i agree Mm -hmm. do you think yes yeah definitely
0: um, because you can sort of, you know, if it's about art, you could talk about, you know, people get training, they mm-hmm. develop later in life. So that's why I've chosen this question, because if you get any question which talks about genetics, mm-hmm. you know, if I was to ask you anything, Nick, about, you know, is this something genetic, what would be good proof that, you know, whatever we're discussing is genetic? It's something that somebody was born with.
1: What would be good proof? I guess Yeah. I guess you could maybe say like Families of success, I suppose.
0: Right, I think you're you're hundred percent right. If we think about genetics, they're inherited, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So you know, the first thing I think about is you know, can we see families who are all creative or mm. who are all
1: Criminals. criminal? I mean,
0: <laughs> I guess in a way, you could actually, in terms of criminal behaviour. Yeah, there are famously quite you know criminal mafia gangs, aren't there? Which are yeah family based. Mm Um, I'm thinking in particular of like, I don't know, like Italian movies that I've seen or The Godfather. cartels. Mm -hmm. Yes, The Godfather. Mm -hmm. So I think you could look at sort of like, you know, fathers and sons or parents and children who exhibit the same talents for something. Mm -hmm. I also think the best argument for anything genetic is when somebody shows, you know, if it's creativity, a talent. Mm -hmm. Or if it's criminal behavior, a disposition towards something at a very young age. Okay. Like at an age, yeah, Yeah, like at an age before they could have learned something from Mm -hmm. their environment. Right. So for the art question, I often think about Mozart.
1: Yeah.
0: Who I think famously wrote, I don't know, piano concertos by the time he was eight. Mm -hmm. But there's no way that he learned to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. That was obviously just something he was born with that was inherent. Mm hmm. I would say, I mean, I don't agree. I mean, which side would you agree with here, Nick? I would just choose the one? second
1: one for sure. Circumstances.
0: Me too, right? So even though I think it's, I don't believe in this argument, you could argue that there are some, you know, people who show, who misbehave essentially yeah. from a very, very young age. They don't settle at school. They break the rules. And that's something which is inherent in them.
1: Mm.
0: I think they are the only arguments you can really offer for genetics
1: yeah, I suppose it's a, i mean I think this this question's much easier with art or creativity than it is with crime
0: definitely yeah I think this adding this onto crime is extremely difficult yeah. interestingly, one of our students, snow, you know snow uh we were talking about this um question together, and she had read that um scientists had located a specific gene mm hmm which was connected to antisocial behavior <laughs> but i didn't know that i think almost no students would know that so if they if you don't have that and you're forced to discuss both views mm. i would say for genetics just think about think again i'll just i'm saying the same thing but things which people can do at an early age yep. and maybe things that run in family so that have been inherited they i think that's all you can main offer arguments yeah yeah um, in terms of those circumstances, what could we say there? What would be some good um, arguments for why it's the circumstances that lead people to commit a crime? Poverty? Yeah, definitely. You could talk yeah. about people being forced to commit poor a crime. Poor education.
1: Because,
0: yeah, because they don't have opportunities, mm-hmm. definitely. I think another good one, I, I think most of our students will talk about poverty. A lot of students like that argument, don't they? Like, poor people murder. <laughs> um, so you've got to be a bit careful. I think, you know, if you're going to talk about people living in poverty think about the crimes they commit Mm -hmm. we've discussed this before Mm -hmm. shoplifting maybe right rather than murder Murder. (laughs) i I would also think about as well crimes of passion maybe so like a lot of crimes are committed when somebody is in like a heightened state of emotion so it could be you know a man discovers that his wife's been having an affair right and then he murders her. That's a bit extreme. It could also just be that a lot of crimes are committed when people are very angry. Yeah. You know, when things escalate. But that's a
1: circumstance,
0: isn't it? So Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, There are also times when, I don't know, people are kind of forced to commit a crime. Do you know what I mean? Like if you run out of petrol on a road, for example, I don't know, and you've got no money, maybe you'd have to steal petrol from someone you
1: could just ask them I suppose
0: I suppose you could just ask them yeah but I think for the circumstances you know it's just about thinking what are the circumstances that can lead someone to crime I think poverty and maybe heightened emotions for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. would be the two easiest and simplest and you'd have a lot of examples yeah all right so, that's the first one. I chose that one because it had it was that, you know, as I said, nature versus nurture. Let's look at the second one, Nick. Have a read of that for us.
1: Some people believe that women should be allowed to join their country's army and police forces. Others believe that only men should be allowed to work in these areas. Discuss both views and give your own opinion.
0: So, for, first thing I thought when I read this question mm-hmm. was, God, poor examiners who are going to have to
1: mark this
0: <laughs> mark essay why what do you think anytime we have a question about gender nick mm. what is the main problem that we often i think face there's in? a
1: lot of traps you can fall into with stereotypes and stuff like that for sure
0: absolutely yeah um we get you know a lot of answers i know in particular you know on the one hand ielts examiners are supposed to just be marking you know it, they don't have to agree with your opinion for right? sure hmm but I think you have to have an opinion, which is what I would call at least modern to mm-hmm. some extent. right? I know Juliet asked me to remove. We used to have a question about like men and women studying in the same schools together, mm-hmm. like single sex mm-hmm. or um, not single sex. And every year we review the essays that we use in the course. And she said, please, get, please, rid, of it. <laughs> get rid of it. I cannot cope with any more arguments like... Men are more intelligent than women or like it is well known that women are not as intelligent or not as good or all those things. So I have chosen this question because if you are unlucky and you have a gender question, Mm -hmm. what would you say, Nick, is the most important thing they should do in their arguments?
1: Well, we've got a whole speaking course lesson about this. Yes. Hedging
0: hedging yes a hundred percent uh we've got a blog post about it Mm -hmm. uh i think it's the first one in the grammar section like not all sheep are white yes Mm -hmm. uh we've got a podcast episode i think we spoke about hedging didn't Mm -hmm. we hedging is just making it clear that your argument is not true in all cases Yep. Mm -hmm. so if we think about this then you know Let's start with only men should be allowed to work in these areas. Mm-hmm. What would be the extreme, what I may call sexist answers to that?
1: Men are stronger than
0: women. Yeah. Men are stronger than women. Men can make quick decisions better than women. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else, maybe? Uh, men are more aggressive than women. Mm-hmm. Um, which are all things which may to some extent be true. Mm-hmm. But if you just say men... Are stronger than women mm-hmm. that means
1: you're being over general
0: you're being over general you're saying all men are stronger mm-hmm. than all women mm-hmm. and i just watched the olympics every day last month and i'm <laughs> telling you <laughs> there are some women there who are much stronger than most men so instead of saying men are stronger than women how could we hedge that nick
1: you could just simply say men are often stronger than women
0: Men are often stronger than women. Men are usually able Mm -hmm. to make decisions more quickly, particularly Mm -hmm. in difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. What was the other one I said about men? Ah, Men tend to be more aggressive than women, which Mm -hmm. can be useful in combat situations. Exactly. So you can make all of those arguments, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm just saying, be mindful of the fact that your essay will be marked by someone like myself, or in particular, Juliet, Mm -hmm. who will lower your score if you are making those very, very overgeneral
1: statements. statements. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't know about this question. Okay, I think the arguments for men only, I think the students will find easy.
1: Probably, much. yeah, because it's just repeating what we've just said, basically, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so I think they're the stereotypical arguments. Mm-hmm. So, what would the arguments be for allowing women to join the army or the armed forces? I the guess
1: the forces? the strongest one would be that you could the the um, everything could be based on ability.
0: Oh, that's like, good. It's
1: like there will be some women who are stronger, that are, are faster, that are quicker at making decisions than men. Right, so if we remove gender, remove gender we'll, completely, just, just get the best people for the role.
0: I like that argument a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great one. Um, I would also, brilliant. I mean, and I would say then, maybe then for the second argument, mm-hmm. if we've got some sort of what I would call stereotypical arguments mm-hmm. for men, we could maybe add one of those for women. Yeah. So, for example, you know, armies and police forces their job is not just to attack. To crush. Yeah, being combat. A lot of what they do is peacekeeping, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe in some circumstances, it may be easier for a woman to sort of go in Mm -hmm. and things to be kept peaceful than it would maybe for a man. man. Mm -hmm. Again, maybe, not always, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, The other thing, the other argument I think you could make for men only, which is one of the arguments they used to make, I think it would be quite difficult though, is that, you know, if you've only got men there's no danger of, you know sexual attraction and people becoming, like people are able to be more professional because they're less worried, you know about mm-hmm. inter- like relationships between yeah. armed force members um, so again, I actually think it's a good question mm. but I think the danger of this question is that a lot of students are just going to write really over general Definitely. arguments. yeah. We've seen um, it
1: before with that old question, Julie, right. <laughs> I remember a I, few of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, you're welcome to have your opinions, you're welcome to have your beliefs, but they will be much better um, received mm-hmm. if you can just hedge them slightly. And if you yep. want to know more about hedging, go and have a look at that blog post. But that's the reason that I chose that question. So those first two then, I think, are kind of new topics, mm-hmm. but recycled kind of ideas
1: Ideas, yeah yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so you know we've got nature nurture gender kind Mm -hmm. of men and women things the next um batch of questions Then i chose because these are just completely new topics i think Mm, okay so let's do this next one i think this one's a really good one
1: okay in some countries there are not enough medical or educational facilities in rural areas therefore some people believe newly graduated teachers and doctors should be sent to work in rural areas for some time Others believe that people should be free to choose where they work after graduation. Discuss both views and give your own opinion.
0: I know 100%. This policy was... I'm sure this was written by an IDP examiner Mm. because this is what happened in Australia. Wow. Yeah. My friend's parents, so like she's my age, she's in her 40s, her parents were both teachers and they were both sent into like the outback of Australia to work for two years before they were allowed, then allowed to come back. Mm. Um, I think it also happened in the Soviet Union as well, and, and in China as for well. For sure,
1: in the Soviet Union it definitely happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I like this question because I feel like it is really based on something and it's like a new sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Um, what I find interesting though is, so it says, you know, so we've got this question, some believe newly graduated teachers should be sent to work in rural areas for some time. Mm. It's kind of strange because your first argument for that would be, I guess, what's already given in the question.
1: No, there are not enough. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, argument number one, why should we send these newly graduated teachers? Well, my first argument would be, well, because they're needed Mm -hmm. in those areas. So do you think you could use that as an argument if it's inside the question?
1: I would say you probably could.
0: I think you can I mean there's no rule I mean mm. the examiner won't be told if you can or you can't. I think it would be fine to do that though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I guess what we'd have to add to it in some way wouldn't we? We probably have, have to, to extend
1: to. it, yeah, and explain why it's a good why it's necessary.
0: That's what I think mm. Nick. I agree. I think you might have to sort of like have a little bit saying, you know, we need to send them because mm-hmm. It's not attractive. The pay's a bit lower, probably. There's not so many facilities. So you might need to just explain a bit, I think, mm-hmm. about the situation. Yeah. Um, But then you're going to definitely have a second argument here. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So if the first argument is that it's good for the rural areas, I think it would be nice if we could think of a reason why it's good for the teachers and the doctors, right? So they're getting something out of it. So what would... Or could maybe, you know, if you're a newly qualified teacher or a doctor, what could you get from going to these rural areas?
1: I think you would get a lighter workload, first of all.
0: Oh, that's You'd true. sort of be
1: eased into it a little bit. Yes. And I think you would have a much closer relationship with the people that you work with.
0: This is, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I didn't think about the lighter workload. I would say you probably have, particularly if you're a doctor, mm-hmm. you'd probably get exposure to a much wider range of medical situations than if you're in a city because normally in the city you're probably going to be specialising in something
1: mm.
0: whereas in rural areas they tend to have to deal with you know there's one doctor probably
1: mm-hmm.
0: for a whole town so you're going to have to deal with every single person. <laughs> person who comes in right from you know a simple cold I don't know cancer diagnosis you're definitely going to be doing everything yeah so I think you probably get more experience but also like you said in a friendlier maybe like less pressured environment kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Then I think, so I think there's kind of good arguments for why they should go. I think the problem here is, what about the other side? I mean, people should be free to choose where they work after graduation. That's true.
1: Yeah, I agree, 100%.
0: But isn't that just a very general freedom of choice argument?
1: You could, that's what I would do. I would make one general freedom of choice argument and then I would... I would say that um, incentives should be offered rather than forcing people Mm. to do it. Like you could say um, people would get a slightly lower salary, but obviously the cost of living in rural areas is much lower as well. Or you could give Mm -hmm. people tax incentives or you could give them um, like you could put some of their salary towards their living costs or something. It doesn't have to be forced. It, so it you would say basically,
0: okay, so you would focus sort of like, you would say, no, people need to be free and there are other ways that you could do this. Yeah. I think that could be work as long as, yeah, that would work. As long as you really focus on the freedom to choose part. Mm-hmm. I I was wondering if what we could do is if we just took it like a step further. So it's still freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. But if we said, you know, if this policy was implemented, people may be um, discouraged or put put off from studying yeah. to become doctors and teachers because they wouldn't want to no, be placed to. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular, you know, well, I'm not sure about other countries, but in England, we don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough teachers. So the last thing we want to do
1: <laughs> is dis- discourage even more people. Is
0: discourage even more people, right. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that could be like a kind of like neat way of saying mm-hmm. they should be free to choose. But I think you're right. I mean, I think you could definitely mention other ways. Mm-hmm. Where people don't lose their freedom of choice, yeah, which side would you agree with
1: second one for sure, yeah, yeah, mhm- freedom I think you could you could just say like if if one area is like really rural, mm-hmm. just offer even more money.
0: I have got a friend who works in Australia mm-hmm. as a recruitment officer for doctors. Mm-hmm. Nick, you cannot imagine how much money some of the doctors get just oh, to I fly I <laughs> to the center of the country for a week. Mm-hmm. Like it's thousands and thousands. So I do think that incentive works best for everybody, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Then it's like, like you say, then it is a choice. Mm-hmm. If they want to go there, they can, but they'll get more money. Mm-hmm. Or if they don't want to go there, they don't have to.
1: It's like me when I was an IELTS teacher. Why? Because I got offered to go to the middle of Russia.
0: Ah, and they asked me like you? two
1: days before and they said, oh yeah, but you'll get paid and we'll pay for your hotel and food and alcohol if you want. <laughs> okay, I'll go. <laughs>
0: so you were like, I'm in the rural, I'll mm-hmm. stay a month. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. It was a good experience. Very good. All right. <laughs> so maybe a new topic there, right? And I think the key thing is I, it's good, I think, to in that side why they should be sent it's good to have an argument that is not just Mm -hmm. they are needed I think if you had a positive for the graduates that will take it to the next level I think Hi I'm Noor from Pakistan I study with my IELTS classroom because of the immense support Shelly offers She is one of the most committed teachers out there I study with my IELTS classroom because ma'am explains everything so well and ma'am it's so supportive thanks a lot for being here ma'am thank you I study with my IELTS classroom because it's informative and lively sessions I study with my IELTS classroom because I like it all right let's do number four so we're moving away now from discuss both sides Mm -hmm. essays and we're going on to a to what extent essay
1: Eighteen years old is the appropriate age for children to finish school. To what extent do you agree or disagree with this statement? Hmm.
0: Would you agree or disagree with that, Nick?
1: It's tricky. Probably agree. Mm -hmm. But I'm not really sure. We need to discuss it, I think, before I make a final decision.
0: So, I guess... The thing is, is that it's hard to, if if you just focus, I think the problem with this question is if you just focused on 18-year-olds, mm-hmm. it could be a bit tricky to sort of generate ideas. Like, mm-hmm. what is it about 18-year-olds? So my idea to how to approach this mm-hmm. would be to have a, par- so I would agree, and the way I would do this is I'd have a paragraph that would say that younger mm-hmm. than 18 is too young. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably have a paragraph which spoke about, you know, people aren't mature enough to be ready to go into the new world. If they went to university, they're probably not going to be able to look after themselves. If they got a job, they probably would be a bit too young to have the responsibility. So I might have like a paragraph about why younger would not be appropriate. Okay. And compared to 18, whereas by 18, they're more mature, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then I'd have a second paragraph guess what older <laughs> with older right mm-hmm. how if we say until 21 you know people would be graduating too late from university yep. they may want to start a family i don't know i thought that was a simple way of approaching that's a good this. way of doing it actually yeah. do you I think like it, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you do older and younger but you've still got to be comparing back to 18 so you've mm-hmm. got to be saying you know like younger than 18 is bad because of this whereas 18 year olds blah 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 older than 18 that was my idea.
1: I think that's probably the best way to write it, to be honest. Do you think? Yeah, I think I would I would agree just so I could write it that way. Because I think it's probably, I think you can really get a high score if you do that well.
0: I think so as well. Because, I mean, honestly, really, I would say that for my true opinion is that for some students, 18 may be a little bit old. Like, for people who hate school.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing in England, it's 16, isn't it? Yeah. And in most countries in Europe, it's 18.
0: So, you know, if you wanted to disagree, you mm-hmm. could do a similar thing, but I guess you'd need two paragraphs, you know, make, like you could have, if you're going to disagree, then it might be, some people know by the age of 16, but oh, I think it's too to late. Go. So some mm-hmm. people know that the academic's not for them. It gives mm-hmm. them a chance to start other things. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. what the second paragraph would be, though. Like I'm thinking like they could have an apprenticeship or they could mm-hmm. start work, but I'm not sure you what the second The second, second paragraph could
1: just be like focus on the wasting of two extra years if they if they don't want to stay, if they don't want to continue in academics. If you force them to do what they don't want to do, they're not going to be successful anyway.
0: Oh, that's a good one. So what's the yeah. point? Yeah, the result of what would happen for mm-hmm. forcing people. So like mm-hmm. they may be more likely to have antisocial behavior or something or... Yeah. Personally, though, I just think older is too young. Uh, older is too young. No, younger is too young. Older, older is too, older old, is too old. <laughs> old. That's your two simple um, body paragraphs. But yeah, okay. All right. Question number five then.
1: Mhm. Some people argue that thanks to the widespread accessibility of the internet, libraries are no longer necessary. Do you agree or disagree? I guess that's a general question.
0: I think this is a general training question, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen libraries in the speaking test not that long ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I remember it from a writing test, though. Mm-hmm. But I like this question. So, Nick, I'm going to be quiet. What, would you agree or disagree with this?
1: I would probably agree, to be honest.
0: Would you? If I was
1: giving my real honest opinion, yeah.
0: Like, fantastic. So what would your arguments be why we, we don't need libraries anymore?
1: because nobody goes to them anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just a waste of public money really. Yeah. I mean they're good to have and I think they could maybe still exist but not in their current form. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I would yeah. I would like put, I would that make be university the libraries a public library for example.
0: Wow. So that could be the balance then or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Or have that's or clever. have
1: something another type of building that has more than one purpose and function like have mm-hmm. have a have a city library, but don't have them all throughout the community, yeah, because they're just not used enough
0: i think I think that's the thing, so it's like waste of public resources would definitely mm-hmm. probably be the main idea mm-hmm. I'm also just thinking what you said like they just may be very outdated in the way that they run, like for example, you know books get taken, they can't be borrowed by another person right, mm-hmm. so that just seems ludicrous when you can make a digital copy. Exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can maybe talk about how, yeah, just like the way that they function no longer works in the modern world or something. Mm-hmm. I, though, may disagree with this just for what you've just mentioned because a couple of, oh, now, maybe about a year ago now, I went to a library here in Russia and I was absolutely blown away. It was mm-hmm. a Saturday mm-hmm. and it was Full. and the reason it was full is it had like you said it had people giving talks mm-hmm. free talks like sharing information and, mm-hmm. and some of them are really factual like there was a geographical one some was like one for people who were trying to choose a university course um so i may disagree and i would say that libraries are not just for borrowing books i may go for they are becoming community centers yeah
1: uh, that would be good, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So maybe I would say, you know, as long as they modernize or something, mm-hmm. so that they're offering more. Yeah. Um. And then the second thing I think I'd argue, and I might use the example here of the pandemic, mm-hmm. is that they offer, like, a quiet, safe space for people to read or study, mm-hmm. which I think is still necessary even today. Like, if we look at, you know, and I might use the example of the pandemic – There's a huge gap, you know, in England, everybody was studying at home. Yep. There are still kids in the UK who don't have an internet connection or their own computer. For sure. Or they may not have a space in their house, which is quiet for them to study. So maybe that is still something Mm -hmm. which is necessary today. Do you think?
1: Yeah, I do. I think you could maybe combine libraries with co-working spaces and rent out A space in the library for people every month or something. Because I, before, like, before the pandemic started here, I was thinking about getting a co working space. Yeah. Just because it's somewhere different and you don't have to sit at home all day. And then obviously with the pandemic, that kind of changed. Yeah. I think if you could combine them, if you could have, like, in like neighborhoods, co working offices, but combine it with a library, it could serve, like I said before, more than one function. Definitely. It could work like that.
0: So I so I guess, I mean, the thing that I can't find an argument for mm. is the actual books, right? Because <laughs> yeah. both of my arguments are like, you know, libraries are not just places to borrow books anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They are community spaces. They often still provide a quiet space. It's hard though to justify having all thousands of those books mm-hmm. in a building when mm-hmm. they could just be inside a computer. So I would say, Nick, probably agreeing may be the easiest path here right mm-hmm. like online libraries yeah if you are not like you know you don't need a physical library anymore everyone could be i think maybe yeah it'd be easier to agree
1: i think so it's a good question though it's an interesting topic
0: it is and interesting i think you topic. could write
1: agree or disagree and have really good arguments for both sides
0: definitely as long
1: as you take a bit of time to think about them think about the balance as well
0: Planning—that mm-hmm. is the key to everything, isn't it? Like what Nick and I are doing here is what should be happening in your head mm-hmm. at the beginning. As you're sitting the in the exam, mm-hmm. yeah, going—is <laughs> it? What do I think? Oh no, I'm not sure. Well, okay. Huh, huh. And whatever you come up with, it doesn't have to be your real opinion. Nope. it just has to be a coherent argument mm-hmm. that you can make. And I always think the best argument is the easiest argument. For sure. That's why the 18-year-old university one, I'm like, young is too young, old is too old, simple. Mm -hmm. Now I can focus on just um, structure, development, language and all the other stuff. All right, Nick, so then let's do this final one. I've chosen this. I don't think it is a completely new topic. I have seen this before, but Mm -hmm. we have never spoken about this before. And I think it's quite a tricky topic for some students.
1: Okay, in many countries today, the proportion of older people in the population is higher than the proportion of young people. Do you think this is a positive or a negative development?
0: Mm-hmm. So, this to me mm-hmm. looks like one of the uh, social trend yes. essays, which we discussed three or four weeks ago now. So, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to that, I would do that. Um and also a bit like the two-part essays that we were looking at last week, right? Because many two-part essays give a social trend, which is what we've got here, mm-hmm. right? More old people, less young people. And what do they usually ask? They Instead of just saying, is it positive or negative? What do they usually ask they first? They usually
1: ask us what caused this trend.
0: What caused or why is this? Mm-hmm. We are not asked that here, no, are we?
1: Just the just but the opinion question.
0: Just is it a good or a bad thing? But mm-hmm. I don't think you can decide if it's a good or a bad thing until you think about... Why? Why is this happening? Why in many countries are there more older people than younger people? Mm-hmm. Well... Easy. Healthcare?
1: Healthcare, rising standards of living, more women working. Yeah. yeah. There are lots of reasons.
0: Lots of reasons, all of which are... Pretty
1: positive, to be honest.
0: Pretty positive. So Mm -hmm. if you wanted to, you could just go, okay, boom, I'm just going to use that. Yeah, this is great. This shows that we've got, um, like you just said, better Mm -hmm. standards of living, better healthcare, emancipation of women, Mm -hmm. (sniffs) done, right? On the flip side, though, (laughs) if you actually think about it, Mm -hmm. well... Is it a good thing that we've got all of these old people?
1: Well, these questions, these positive, negative development questions are usually for society, aren't they? Is it positive or negative for society?
0: Exactly. And if we
1: think about the future of society, I would say it's probably not the most positive development.
0: I agree. Mm -hmm. Because what it's showing us is probably we've got a low birth rate. Yep which means that in the future we're probably going to find it harder to replace ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what is the main problem with having a lot of old people and not very many young people? Pensions. Pensions. Paying. Number mm-hmm. one, paying to look after the old mm-hmm. people. So how do we pay the pensions? Probably the younger people are going to have to pay much higher tax. Yep. Secondly, and we're seeing this already, who is going to look after all of these old people? It's great that people are living longer, but we now need a workforce who's prepared I listened to it recently. They called it the dementia workforce because a lot of people who live longer, unfortunately, have you know problems. um, What do you call it? Mental health problems. Don't know. Just dementia problems. Yeah. 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 So you now need like a whole new range of services. So Mm -hmm. you could say, you know, you could use the balance. Like it's wonderful. We've got. You could have used everything you said. Better living standards. Better healthcare. However, this now means. We have problems paying the pensions. We need people to look after them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That imbalance is not a good thing. Yeah. So you could go both. Again, you could go both ways with this, couldn't mm-hmm.
1: you? Mm-hmm.
0: My favourite is they often use this, that, that topic, but they ask why and what can the solution be? And I just think, what is the solution? Like shoot grandma when she gets to 90. <laughs> it's pretty difficult. Um <laughs> But yeah, which one would you choose? Would you go the positive or the negative? I think I would do negative,
1: but use the reasons, uh, uh, positive reasons, as balanced. I think
0: I would as well. I think that's you, gonna, could yeah, then, you could get everything in them. You could,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I do think the negative arguments are, like you said, they're more wide on a social context mm-hmm. than on a personal context. On a personal context, is great. I'm living longer. Mm-hmm. I'm making better use of living standards, but you know, maybe those living standards are going to start to fall. Yeah. Because we can't afford to live them. Mm -hmm. Very good. So, those were six recent IELTS essay questions. Mm -hmm. I think, Nick, just to really push me this week, I think Mm -hmm. what we may do next week is we may do the same, Mm -hmm. but we may look at some recent um, letter questions.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Because we haven't done that for ages, have we? No. And I've, I've got enough. I think I've got about 20 new letters questions, Excellent. which I will also update this week. So even if you're an academic student, don't be afraid. Come back anyway. There's still always something to learn mm-hmm. um, next week. But yeah, next week we'll be back doing the same thing, but for IELTS letters. Super. My IELTS Classroom Podcast is a production of My IELTS Classroom Limited. Nick and I do not represent IELTS and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com and if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at my IELTS Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week. Study hard. And remember, this is, is my
1: IELTS classroom. classroom.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.